People travel all over the world to come and see what we have right here. Get out and see it. Do it on wheels. Hey guys, I'm Ezra David Romero. And I'm Carrie Klein. This is Outdoorsy, a podcast from Valley Public Radio. We take you to wild places in Central California and introduce you to people who explore them. So, it's been a while since the last Outdoorsy. A lot has been happening around here. I got married, I put together a big series of health stories, and Ezra has some big news of his own. This is my last episode with Outdoorsy. I'm leaving Valley Public Radio for an environment reporter position up at Capital Public Radio in Sacramento. So great. Yeah, I'm super sad about leaving. You know, I grew up here. I've traveled all over the Sierra Nevada here. But I'm looking forward to some new adventures near Lake Tahoe. We'll miss you, Ezra. Um, but of course, we're really excited for you. Uh, and before Ezra goes, we had to get him into the outdoors one more time for us. In this episode, we visit a place that we've actually been to before but for a different episode about caving. But we explore it in a new way this time, new at least for us. We're going mountain biking. We'll take you out on the trail, help you figure out how to get started, and reveal some history behind one of the Fresno area's most popular mountain biking spots. If you're in Fresno, there's a popular mountain biking place that's really easy to get to, Woodward Park. The park has 300 acres of trail, and there's also an area dedicated to mountain bikers. It's called a pump track with bumps and jumps to catch air off of. I went biking with local mountain bike enthusiast Craig Bowden at the park. He's the president of the group Central California Off-Road Cyclists based in Fresno. They host rides, teach basic skills, and help maintain trails in the region. That looked like fun. Oh, man. It is. How long do you usually go out for? You know, an hour and a half to six or eight hours. Dang. It just depends on where we're riding and what the trail is. Craig's out biking somewhere almost every day. But before he got into mountain biking, he was a motorcycle guy. He switched over to mountain biking because of the danger and risk that comes with riding motorcycles. He's the type of guy that gives 100% to whatever he spends his time on. When I was getting hurt too much on the motorcycle, <laughs> really, it was, it was that realization that I, I needed to scale it back just a little bit for my own sake. I wasn't able to keep up with the bike as much as I wanted to. If I was riding on a track, a crash, the pain was a lot worse. This uh, mountain biking, really the, the physical demand of it is different in a lot of ways. It's just a whole lot healthier, um, the cardio the strength. Craig is showing me how to jump off the hills on the track here. We rode the trails together, but I couldn't bring myself to make the jumps. I'm kind of a wuss with heights. I did like biking when I was a kid, and my brothers and I built jumps on our family farm. My knees were always sort of bloody from wiping out on them, and to avoid injuries like this, Craig says a beginner cyclist needs to take a few simple precautions. You need a bike, a helmet for sure, what we recommend for a lot of the beginners is a long sleeve shirt because there is that, that likelihood that you will take a spill. Lessens the chance for, for road rash or, you know, getting the, uh, those raspberries that we call them. You know, everybody's got one. Um, and uh, a pair of tennis shoes, really. And that's the, those are the basics because we really we want, we, insure, we want to ensure that you have safety first. Other than basic safety precautions, he says don't overthink it. Just get out there and get on the trail. So where do you like to ride at? Anywhere. And that, that sounds like a, you know, kind of a blanket statement, but I just love riding. 
and that's where you get most cyclists. We just love riding. Get out and do something. Get off the couch. Get out of the house. Go and enjoy the beauty that's right here in our backyard. People travel all over the world to come and see what we have right here. Get out and see it. Do it on wheels. For me, I really like biking, but I've never been on a mountain bike. Like you, Ezra, I'm a little nervous about getting off-road, so I wanted to learn how to do it and be safe. Oh, that sweet sound of it. I spoke with a guy who experiences the world on wheels all the time. My name is John McCracken, and I am one of the owners of Sunnyside Bicycles here in Fresno, California. I'm a certified uh, professional mountain bike instructor, and I'm also, uh, through the League of American Cyclists, a certified um, cycling instructor. John runs the shop with his wife, Vanessa. In addition to selling bikes and gear like lights, tires, and clothing, they also lead regular rides and offer all sorts of biking classes. John gets out on the road almost daily, but he said his favorite mode of biking, hands down, is mountain biking. If you have a love of outdoors, if you enjoy hiking and being out amongst nature in its truest point, and would love to see more of it, you know, it, it would take you all day to do a 10-mile hike. On a mountain bike, you can see every bit of that, smell it, feel it, be amongst it within just a couple hours, and, and then go to work. As someone who bikes around town, I'm used to road bikes. Those would be terrible on the trail. The tires are narrow, and I just slip right off the first tree root I hit. Plus, mountain bikes usually have thicker frames, so they can get beat up a little bit, and they have shocks to absorb impact, which is pretty key in being comfortable. So, like in many sports out there, if you want to get started, there is some money to spend up front. The biggest thing, of course, is the bike. It doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. I mean, uh, uh, the more you spend, the more technical the bike is, the lighter the weight it is, uh, you know, there, there is definitely benefits to spending more money. But if you can spend somewhere in that five to $800 price range, you're gonna get a, a capable bike. Like Craig said earlier, there's also the essentials, like a helmet and proper clothes, maybe extra safety precautions, like elbow and knee pads and a bike bell, which you'd use whenever you encounter a hiker or a jogger and want to politely pass them. If you're not ready to just go out and do it, John says there's no shame in taking a class. He offers beginner mountain biking classes at his shop. So we call it the, we, the mountain bike fundamentals. We put the fun in the fundamentals. And we teach um, braking, uh, turning, body positioning that kind of goes into uh, climbing hills and descending, going downhill. And those are kind of the five basic things. We do most of it on flat ground, surprisingly enough. And then, of course, you can join a club. We've got lots in the Valley. They're easy to find online through Google, Facebook, and meetup.com. So you've got your bike, your gear, your training, and your people. But is there anywhere to go besides Woodward Park, Cary? Yeah, there's tons of places. If you join a club, they'll have lots of ideas for you. But here are a few from John. To Hatchby, you know, I know there's a Woodward West. I've done some trails down in the Porterville area. Fresno area, you know, the San Joaquin River Trail. Bass Lake has some great trails. Shaver Lake, I just did a 26-mile loop around Shaver Lake um, Labor Day. So what John say about safety? I know a lot of people who have been injured while mountain biking, including myself. I flipped over the handlebars a bunch of times. Yeah, that, that terrifies me. And, uh, and that fear is actually the main reason I haven't gotten out on the trail. I asked John his thoughts about that. You're only in as much danger as you put yourself into. So don't go down that crazy, super steep, rocky, bouldery hill if you don't feel like you're comfortable doing it or you don't feel like you have the skills to, to handle it. 
mountain biking is about enjoying riding your bike with nature. That being said, he says bumps and scrapes and scabs are par for the course, to mix sports metaphors, but don't let the fear of worse injuries prevent you from getting out there and trying new things. I couldn't imagine going through life never getting a scab on my elbow. I don't care if you're sliding into first base, playing a baseball game, a ball game, or, or tripping your, over your feet playing tag with friends as a kid. I, I'm more fearful of being sheltered like that than I am getting out there and scabbing up my elbow a little bit. So Ezra, you visited Woodward Park, but there is another local favorite mountain biking spot near Fresno that John and other bikers have all told me about, the San Joaquin River Gorge. It's a recreation area owned by the Bureau of Land Management, or BLM. It's about 40 miles northeast of Fresno above Friant Dam. That's one of your favorite places to hike, right? Yeah, I've been there so many times. It's a long trail that starts at Millerton Lake. It's super beautiful with the river and steep terrain. And the wildflowers are pretty amazing here in the spring. It's so close to Fresno, but you would never know it when you're there. Yeah, so the gorge is totally lovely, but it has quite a bit more to offer than that. I went out there and met up with Summer Shaw, site manager with the BLM. We have over 20 miles of trails, and those are multiple-use trails open to mountain biking, um, horseback, and foot travel. Uh, We have the river, which during certain times people can kayak down. Um, and we have the education and interpretation programs that they can get involved with. You can also camp and game hunt in certain seasons, and you can volunteer, doing trail work or other maintenance. That's actually something special that mountain bikers bring to the area, which I'll cover later. First, though, I was interested in the cultural history of the River Gorge. Summer pulled out her truck and took me on a tour of the area. I'm going to park over here and we'll walk to the the site. About a quarter mile away from the visitor center is a little clearing. It's full of cone-shaped structures that look a lot like what many of us learned in school as teepees. This is our village site. Um, It's made out of cedar bark. While teepees are traditionally the homes of Plains Indians, these cedar bark structures are the traditional homes of Mono Indians, one of the many Native American societies that settled this area before colonization. So the Mono are supposed to have come over the Sierra Nevada range. So we have the Paiute on the eastern side and the Mono, uh, Western Mono on this side, but they're a very similar uh, cultural group. And then here we have the Dunoy Kachai Yokuts and then the Valley Yokuts. So it was just a wealth of distinct tribal groups, distinct languages, dialects, and resources. Summer says at one point, it's estimated that as many as 500,000 Native Americans lived in this part of the valley. California just has such a rich cultural diversity as far as Native Americans are concerned. Um, It's not almost no place else in the world. When student groups come to the gorge, Summer shows them that cultural history, but also finds ways for them to get their hands dirty, doing science experiments and learning about the area's natural history. So we do things like a, a pond study where students are collecting pond water and looking at the microorganisms that are living within the pond water. We've done things where they're looking at macroinvertebrates. We've really tailored it to what teachers want. Although, like anything with kids, Summer says she does get mixed feedback. In one activity, students learn how to grind acorns in bedrock mortars, which are basically big, round pockmarks that have been ground out of rock outcrops over time. Some of them just get really into it, and others are like, what am I doing? This is so hard. And it's just one of those tasks that we try to describe. Can you imagine pounding 
acorn for so long that these holes got placed here and how long do you think that took and and those kinds of questions for them. So what does this all have to do with mountain biking? Well, a few things. These cultural sites are here at the gorge, so if you're in the area, biking or anything else, it doesn't take too long to drop in and check them out. But what's especially neat is the kind of symbiotic relationship that both mountain bikers and horseback riders have with the BLM. They rely on the site for recreation, but they also help keep it running. We have really good relationships between mountain bicyclists and and equestrian users at our site that um, I think is a, an amazing thing. They work together on, on our site to maintain the trails and um, do outreach for us. We have a very small staff here, so we have those folks be the eyes and ears on the trails for us, and it works out really good. Even non-mountain bikers can volunteer here. If you're interested, Summer says just call or email the visitor center about ways to get started. And that's today's show. Check out the website for more information about how to get involved with local bike clubs in the valley. Share your photos from mountain biking trips on Instagram or Twitter. We're at OutdoorsyPod on both. Our editor is Joe Moore, and we had engineering help from Don Weaver. Our music is by Kevin McLeod and Ben Sound. For Outdoorsy, I'm Ezra David Romero. And I'm Carrie Klein. Thanks for listening.